live from beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics, facing occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Laurel Bellows, former president of the American Bar Association, commercial real estate auctioneer Rick Levin, Eric Cohn of the Acton Institute in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and in our second hour, Doug Ivendahl, a pro-Trump Republican. Bruce Dumont, we're live tonight at our studios, AM 560 in Elk Grove Village, just outside Chicago, the Salem Station for Chicago, where our phone lines are open at 1-800-723-8289. 1-800-723-8289. We've been waiting a long time on this program. We've discussed many times on this program what would happen if Donald Trump was indicted. He certainly was indicted a couple of weeks ago. But uh, I guess one of the bigger indictments as to what happened at Mar-a-Lago uh, came down last week where the prosecutor, special prosecutor Jack Smith filed a 38-count uh, indictment against the former president. We're going to talk about that as the program unfolds this evening. And in the second hour, we'll also be joined by Doug Ibendahl, who is a strong supporter of President Trump. So he will probably uh, debate and rebut a lot of what is said, maybe perhaps in the first hour. Uh, Laurel Bellows joins us. Laurel, nice to have you with us. You're one of the leading lawyers, uh, you know, in the state of Illinois and in the United States. You practice also uh, in Florida and California, former president of the American Bar Association. What is your, what's your basic reaction to the indictment of the former president? Just to start out, Bruce, I'd like to talk about something just a tad different, and that is what I'm not hearing about, I'm not hearing enough about what an extraordinary country we live in. What, you know, a country where our president could be indicted, all right, if, if indicted, is going to face a jury trial. We in the United States are the only country in the world where there's a civil jury trial and one of just two countries in the world where there's a criminal jury trial. That means it's not the government that's telling you whether you're right or wrong. It's innocent until proven guilty. And just one other second, I just came back from San Diego where I was meeting with about 75 lawyers from around the world. So let's talk about that in a second. Those lawyers don't live. I mean, they're living in Germany and, and Asia, but all over the world. They come from South Africa and they come from Australia and New Zealand. They don't have the protections we have. And I'm not listening to the good about but they live, but, but But in many cases, they live in countries where the political opposition goes after someone. They use the power, and, and, and there are many people in the United States that fear that the United States may be moving into that same, uh, you know, lifestyle in the future. And I would fear it, too. And that's why the rule of law is so important and why we have to recognize that we do currently have a country we should, should be fighting for instead of against. Rick Levin uh, joins us, one of the country's leading real estate auctioneers, but is a, has been a guest on this program in the past. Uh, Rick, what's your response to uh, what happened to President Trump this past week? I think it's pretty troubling. Of course, he's not the current president, the past president. He's mm -hmm. a private citizen now. Um, you know, it's he has always been cavalier and has always been callous and uh, feeling perhaps in some circumstances a sense of uh, the norm doesn't affect him. And he's got such a uh, following of a third of this country in lockstep with him. But it, but this indictment, um, if you look at the 37 counts, uh, it is very troubling. And when you look at some of the photos that um, uh, have been made public about where some of these items were stored, 
I know you could attack Biden and say they were in his garage of his second home or wherever, uh, but it's pretty careless, uh, certainly what the president did. The indictment, it's going to be um, it's going to be very unsettling to the whole country. And of course, the timing of it all, as he's the leading candidate on the Republican side for nomination for president. So it will be a surreal, surreal times that we're living in. Eric uh Cohen joins us from uh, San, uh, from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, with the Acton Institute, a frequent uh, guest on this program and a frequent uh, substitute host on this show. Eric, what's your response to uh, what happened to Donald Trump last week? I have two words for you. Uh, my boxes. Those actually appear in the transcript of the conversations that President Trump had. And I challenge anybody to read the transcript of the conversation where he's pointing out to a staffer that he has classified information, where he acknowledges that he did not declassify the information before he left the White House. Um, and basically says, yeah, I mean, this is kind of a big deal that I have this. And he's showing these things that should not be shown to someone who does not have a security clearance. He's showing it to them. So. What they have him so on this is the, the this is, is the phone conversation. This is the phone conversation that you're referring to. Correct. Okay. Go so ahead. This is a conversation. Yeah, that's being recorded by a journalist with another staffer in the room, and he's talking to the staffer about how he has all this all these classified documents, including one that was prepared for him by the military, which we believe to be a response uh, to uh, some kind of military engagement with Iran. Um, he is admitting in what they have him on transcript that he did the things that he is being charged with. So. I, how people can look at this, and I'm, I'm fascinated to hear what the pushback is going to be beyond kind of a, well, they didn't charge Hillary Clinton in 2016, and they haven't charged other people, despite the fact there are plenty of people who've gone to jail for mishandling classified information in the past. I don't see that there's any a kind of a, he didn't do it because he's admitting that he did it. He hasn't denied that he did it. Mm -hmm. he's, just say, he's just saying that they shouldn't touch him because other people have not been touched. So the fact is, these indictments are very specific. I mean, these where where are these documents? They are on his premises, like you say, in my boxes. But he didn't try and return them. Well, I mean, he's still fighting against a, a request and to return. So you're totally right. Eric. Wait, 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 one. Go ahead, Eric. I want to make one more point. Um, the, the, the difference between, say, the Biden situation or the Mike Pence situation is, and look, I am all for reexamining how we classify information, how we handle classified information. I think that does need to be relooked at. But when it was discovered they had these things, uh, Biden, Pence returned them. Okay, they didn't fight the entire time. And again, Trump, two words, my boxes. The cavalierness with which he deals with this is the same cavalierness with which he deals with everything. And the fact that it's finally coming to bite him in a federal indictment is just it's sad, but it's also uh, amusing to me. Laurel, you can practice in the state of Florida. If Donald Trump called you, what advice would you give him? How would you begin defending him? First thing I would have said to him when he called me, hopefully before the indictment, is return the documents, Donald. Yeah. Right, just return them. If you're saying right, that's it's that simple, pack them up in your box and send them to where they belong. Now I don't know how I don't know how you defend from you shouldn't have them. I have them and they're mine. All right, when, so that's that's it. You but, don't defend. You don't defend but, but, it. That's but, why Bruce, I'm. Fascinated. He's defend he's defending in a Trump way. He's saying, I did it, but other people did it and they didn't get hurt. They didn't get indicted. Mm -hmm. That's like saying to a six year old, all right, you know, mommy, you know, mommy, every child is eating chocolate cake before breakfast. 
All right. I want to eat chocolate cake before breakfast. Rick. But, you know, everybody underestimates Trump and always has in the political realm here. And before this, I was not sure with Alvin Bragg's indictment, with Alvin Bragg's indictment, whether he was going to get um, if it was really going to go all the way. It was going to hurt him. Mm -hmm. But in this one, uh, it seems to me that it may just end up making him president, these indictments, because the, the people on Main Street, they, th they have issues with the government. And uh, Donald is sticking it to the government. And people might rally around them. I wanted to hear your response and get audience response to that. 1-800-723-8029. 1-800-723-8029 from coast to coast and border to border. And around the world at beyondthebeltway.com. I'm Bruce Dumont. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. And priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
is the end. Bruce Dumont back, and uh, we were talking about how uh, people will be defended, and I want to get uh, Eric's response to what Rick said right before the break in that he believes that this may help Donald Trump get elected. Your response. I'm less sure about this than I was about the Alvin Bragg indictment. I mean, I, I think this one is pretty damning. And uh, I think the there's another one yet to come in Georgia. And I wonder at what point the cumulative weight of all of this starts to break the camel's back. Um, I think there are a lot of Republican primary voters out there who, if Donald Trump did emerge as the nominee, would support him again. Uh, I find that shameful, but so be it. I think there are a lot of people also who are desirous of the Republican Party to uh, really kind of bring into uh, its being some of the lessons of the Trump years and what Trump stood for and the voters that he stood for, but to have a different candidate who is not going to have all of the legal problems and other political problems that Donald Trump will. Now, whether that redounds to the benefit of a Ron DeSantis or to any of the other people in the race, uh, we have yet to see. But I am I'm less convinced that this is going to be a rallying point beyond the very small subset of people who to borrow from the candidate, uh, the president himself, uh, former president himself, if he shot someone on Fifth Avenue, they would vote for him anyway. But Rick, you 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 were making a point about sort of the the average man on the street in this particular case that maybe just thinks differently and views Washington that everybody's corrupt and hey, he was elected president of the United States. Why can't he look at top secret information? And what's the big deal if he looks at it at his home? You know, a year after he left office, right? They don't they. They, even though the word espionage is 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 point number one in the indictment, it it most people I don't think can believe that Donald Trump would actually be trying to sell this information to an enemy of the United States, and they don't view him in a way that they might view, uh, you know, Edwin Edwin Snowden. Snow. And that would be too far. You know, the the statement was he could shoot someone in New York City and not go to jail. He, he couldn't really do that, and he couldn't be handing these documents to our enemies, the Chinese, the Russians, and, and I don't think he could then, that would be it, if there was evidence for that. But just to take these documents home, I think the man and woman on the street thinks that all the politicians do that, and there have been cases now where it appears many do. Laura, what, what's your response to this, our interpretation of the man on the street? You may you may talk to a different group of men and women I on the street. probably talk do. to the same group, you know, in different yeah. states when I travel, because yes. I travel a lot. And it is pretty shocking to me that um, when you're talking about a law and breaking the law without regret, that's that's what I'm concerned about. I'm talking I'm talking to myself about whether we have laws that are enforceable and whether people have any respect for the law anymore. Right? We're going to you know going walking into stores and taking um, taking in product out because we know that in Chicago we have a limitation on prosecution of $1,000. I could walk into a store today if I chose not to care about my reputation. But as far as Donald Trump is concerned, I, th I think that there'll be another candidate. Eric and I are agreeing on this possibility. I think that enough people want a Republican in the White House and don't want to take a chance on the fact, and, and also believe that if there's a more moderate Republican, as many of us have talked about, we might be voting Republican. Hold on a second, Laurel. You can't be a moderate Republican and get the nomination. You got to move to the right. And people like DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Pence, I think, are walking such a difficult tightrope when they uh, go against Trump because, candidly, Pence, the vice president, Nikki Haley, 
Uh, DeSantis probably won his first gubernatorial election mm-hmm. because of Trump. It's very difficult for these folks to attack Trump. And you see that they're many of them aren't really attacking Trump. No, they're not. So, so who, who's going to emerge here who, who can raise the money and get the organization together in this timeline who can take Trump on if it's not Christy one of those would, three? Christy could. I was well, let's see what happens tomorrow night on CNN. Eric, Eric, go ahead. I, I'm not saying that I think Chris Christie is going to be the nominee, but I think Chris Christie is going to be the one to willfully uh, run through the brick wall and actually say the things about Donald Trump that need to be said. Uh, I think that will create space for other people to do it. Now, look, you can go candidate by candidate here and you can see which ones like Nikki Haley are probably angling for the vice presidency or someone like Tim Scott, who is angling for literally anything he could possibly get. Um, Ron DeSantis wants to be president. Chris Christie, I think, wants to be president, and I don't think he has a path there, but I, I, it's clear to me right now that he is more than willing to be the attack dog on this, and that is going to make it easier for other people to go after Trump, which was the big error in the Republican primary in 2016, is that everybody mm-hmm. thought Trump would right. fade, and I'll just be there waiting, and nobody went directly after him. I don't think that's going to repeat itself again. So, so if tomorrow night CNN uh, town hall with Chris Christie Christie doesn't go well, then what? Well, it's not going to go well at some point because they're not. Nobody's interested in going right after Chris Christie because I don't see them seeing him as a successful uh, presidential candidate in the long run. He's got the, baggage. The media does. The, the media does, though. I but, think any the, the, whoever is the most vociferous in their denunciation of Donald Trump is going to get the vast majority of the media coverage. The media is dying for someone out there that's going to rip Donald Trump a, a you know a new you know what. You know you know yeah. are they Bruce or do, do they like the ratings that Donald Trump brings them? Of course they do. Laurel. Well, they they like the ratings and they and they like the conversation. I think that Chris Christie is going to have to face down the corruption of the, you know, closing down his city and uh, the bridges. Nobody's yeah, nobody's talked about that once that I've heard of right now. No. So that's going to come out. I think that there's going to be. I think he is paving a path for somebody more moderate to come in. Whether the Republicans generally, and I think the Republicans who are voting in this country are primarily people who are very reasonable, intelligent people who are not the ones who who are. Um, breaking down our capital, who are not the well, ones on the street. Here is here is uh, the, we, we're respect. talking about who's who, who is who is defending uh, the president today. Lindsey Graham, who has been a great defender of the president uh, for many many years, regardless of who is uh, who is running, uh, he's been on both sides of a lot of issues. But today he was very defensive. He was on with this week with George Stephanopoulos, and uh, the conversation got sort of heated. Uh, but he was presenting or attempting to present the Republican position uh, in response to the Trump indictment, and this is how it went. Well, here's what I believe. We live in an America where if you're the Democratic candidate for president, Hillary Clinton, secretary of state, you can set up a private server in your basement to conduct government business. And when an investigation is had about your activity. No, let me finish. But you didn't answer the question. was ridiculous. Well, yeah, I'm trying to answer the question from a Republican point of view. That may not be acceptable on this show. Yes, I don't like what President Trump did in certain aspects. I don't like that Joe Biden had classified information on the garage. I don't like that Mike Pence carelessly took classified information. I don't like any of that. But what I don't like is a system in America where the secretary of uh, state, who's a Democratic uh, candidate for president, 
has people take a hammer to social media devices and break them apart, apply beach, uh, bleach bit to a hard drive to erase emails, allow classified information to get on a felon's computer, Anthony. Well, that is, that's at least the barroom argument we're going to be hearing, and I have been hearing for the last year and a half when I'm talking to Republicans and some independents. So, so Laurel, it is whataboutism, but what about it? What about it is if there's a is if there's something there, let's charge her or charge whoever or everybody are impugning. But the question on the table right now is: Is Trump guilty? Is he or is he not guilty of violating the law? Not whether. But other in the, but in the did. but in the case of, of of a Republican or independent that's looking at it, I mean, I I agree with you. We should always you know there are individual cases we should look at them, but again, uh, if you are a Republican and in some cases an independent, you will look at what is perceived to be a double system of justice. One of the first things that Donald Trump said as president-elect, look it up, a long time ago, he said he was not going to go after Hillary Clinton after he won. Now, that ticked off a lot of his supporters. They wanted to lock her up. But Donald Trump didn't allow his Justice Department to follow through on that. So... If you're an independent, you say, well, okay, well, Donald Trump sort of forgave and forget. Why all of a sudden is, is he charged? Why is everybody after him in, in so many different ways, in so because many different courts? Found, you know, Bruce, I, you know, we don't want to keep repeating it, but because the, there is an indictment based on actual facts, act, actual documents found in I'm actual talking about, places. More, I'm talking more about the court of public opinion. I, agreed. In, no, I, in, I agree. And in the court of public opinion, we're talking about can this guy get elected by making a case, even for people that disliked him and did not vote for him in 2020, well, can he make a case is, look what they've done to me since y- I have yes. left off. You know, can. The, yeah. the, the, um, the, we are living in a soundbite society, and we all have short attention span, and we can go into the reasons why we all have short attention spans. And the reality is, um, when you hear about 37 indictments, and you hear about a bunch of documents in legal boxes, and you see those pictures, and then you hear the number 32,000 emails. Now, I don't know what those 32,000 emails said, and I'm never going to spend the time to read all 32,000. Right. I know a few people will, and a few people have, and I'm not going to go over all the Donald Trump documents either. I don't know what exactly was in Pence's possession, and Joe Biden had some stuff scattered next to the Corvette. But in my mind, and I believe it's the man and the woman on the street, they're all equal. Until someone shows me that one of those documents was the smoking gun that was handed to the Chinese and the Russians and they invaded based on those documents. Other than that, all of that is just equal and it's a wash. So now let's move on. Who's, who's the, the candidate that appeals to us? Eric, do you agree with Bruce, that? Are you, saying that you, uh, are you saying that you think Donald Trump is going to play the victim here? Oh, yeah. Here it oh, is. Uh, yeah. That, that would be so out of character for him. Um, yeah, of course. He's, he's going to play the victim. Uh, he's going to try to play this for his advantage. But you'll notice the thing that Lindsey Graham didn't say in there. He never said Donald Trump didn't do this. And we can get nope, back to the nope. double standard thing after the break. But um, this is not the way you move on from a perceived double standard problem is by saying nobody should ever be held accountable for anything again. And that's the argument some Republicans are being forced to make. OK, we'll be back shortly from Chicago. Bye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? 
No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening. And they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Bruce Dumont back. Nice to have you with us. Let's go to some telephone calls right now. Brian is listening to us in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Go ahead, Brian. You're on the air. Hey, good evening. Uh, yes, Brian. I like Bill. I like Bill Barr's observation this morning that the whole reason is for this. Let me, ju- let me just let me just confirm. Let me just confirm something. This is Brian in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay, right. I want right. to make sure that we're talking to the right guy. Go ahead. Yeah, and Bill Barr said that the reason, whole reason for this and justification because Trump chose to jerk around the government and lie, and which is his M.O. And uh, I agree with that, and I just want to state, you know, I, I miss John McCain so much because it would have been so much fun watching him slap the snot out of about two dozen Republicans. I mean, what's going on in that party is just 
beyond belief. And uh, I think they should go down in history known as the Bootlicker Conference or Caucus because that's all they're doing is licking Donald's boots. The man is an obvious psychopathic lying criminal. Everybody that's around him has gone to prison. His former attorney, his uh, CFO at his company. You know, well, Brian, Stone, let me, let me, Brian, let me ask you, why, in your opinion, are so many Republicans, are so many American voters uh, affixed and, 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 and locked in to Donald Trump now? Even with everything we know, and again, no one has voted, so it's all, all polls, but the polls suggest that the, the vast majority of Republican primary voters would support Donald Trump again. Why, in your opinion? Well, half of America reads lower than a sixth-grade education, so that's part of it. And a lot of Americans, to be honest, are sick of both parties. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's amazing that Joe Biden barely polls higher than Donald in some polls. The Democrats can't pull away with public opinion against Donald Trump. So the obvious question is, what is wrong with the Democratic Party? Why can't they get their act together? It's, they're being, it's like they're being led around by the stupid people. And all they do is beat the drum of racism and LGBTQ every single day. That's all they do is beat that drum, and they can't open their eyes and start putting together a plan for future America. It's all grievance politics. And then on the Republican side, it's all stupidity and whatever the latest dumb thing Donald Trump has done. And then all these other uh, shameless politicians, all they want to do is when Trump finally moves, leaves the scene – they want to grab a hold of his army of idiots. That's what they're after. They want that 30% chunk of the party, and they'll do anything to get well, it. Well, they want – let me just say this, and then I want Laurel to respond, because I agree with you that maybe 30%, whatever it is, uh, of the Republican Party wants Donald Trump no matter what. They don't want to see Donald Trump go to prison. But also, I will argue, that maybe at least 30%, maybe more – of the electorate would like to see Donald Trump in prison. Laurel, do you agree with that? Based on the people that you you know and travel within Democratic circles, I know you travel in all circles, but aren't there a lot of people out there rooting? They want to see Donald Trump in, in, in prison stripes. I think what it is is that those people want to see our law enforced. They don't want people to arrogantly be able to get past violating the law and then cry Owl every single time. But it didn't bother them with Hillary Clinton. Oh, I it think didn't it did. It did really? Bother. Oh, yeah, I think it did the bother people them. That, really, the, the, the people that really felt that way about Hillary Clinton, uh, who were Democrats, didn't they vote for her anyway? Well, because they, they absolutely did not want Donald Trump to be elected. Well, I think a lot of people voted for Hillary Clinton because they thought she'd make a very, very strong president and stupid emails, right? I mean, and so we had the same feeling stupid about... Stupid email, well, stupid candidate. Hillary right. had the best resume, except maybe George Bush 41. But regardless, I think what the caller said that was very interesting would be an independent. And I think that independent, there's a, uh, a lot of wealthy people that are very politically active in this country. It would probably take someone that we all know uh, to come in at this late stage and an independent. And maybe if it is going to be Biden and Trump against each other, which most of the country doesn't want to see right now, according to the polling. Maybe this is that final opportunity for an independent to really come in and shake things up. I don't know who that would be, but Joe there are Manchin? a number. Would it be Joe Manchin? Could be. 
Could be. He's been mentioned as a possibility. There's a lot of people out there who haven't come forward out of respect. Could it be Jamie so, Dimon? Could it be Howard Schultz? Well, I mean, the list goes that's on That's what we on. thought about Bloomberg. We thought Bloomberg right. was coming in right. to we, save the world. We right? did, right. Yeah. And, what does it say? And thank, then how about Ross Perot? Remember Ross? I do. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for your caller. We're going to move on in just a moment. But I want to ask about uh, about the about the, the Democratic side, uh, Laurel. And you're a Democrat. I am. Um, Robert Kennedy Jr. Is he a serious candidate for president? Not for me. He's not a serious candidate for because? president. Because? Because it's not just about his name. All right. It's, it's got to be about a strong policy that mixes that mixes access to justice and a, and a fairness for the people in this country, all right, all right, with the ability to, to save our economy. I mean, I think it has to be a, a real combination of serious economic. Well, so, you know, we go back to the Clinton world. It's, it's the economy, stupid, all right? This is our country. We're, we know, let's get people jobs and let's get people working again and let's get some mentality of the old America that actually was willing to work for a dollar. And, but that's not what we're seeing right but, but now. But, Laurel, if that's the perception, Trump has a perception of being a very successful business person who knows how to create jobs. Well, he, you know, he has a the perception of creating jobs and going bankrupt. I think one of the things we haven't talked about, one of the things we haven't talked about is where are the next indictments, the indictments on tax fraud, the indictments that I think are coming down that are will be more serious. Um, they might be equally In against, Georgia. Yes, primarily. violation against the law, but they are more serious violations. Are any of the ignore. are any of those that are on the horizon, uh, Eric Cohn, um, um, more vital than the one we're dealing with right now? Do you think there's any more serious charge that's out there? The Georgia one, potentially, yes. I, I think it does have that potential because, you know, again, we have we've heard the uh, the transcript of the phone calls that he had with uh, Brad Raffensperger in Georgia, trying to put pressure on him to come up with X number of votes that would uh, deliver the state to him. Um, I, I think that has uh, some very serious potential from, from the caller. I just want to point out one irony from uh, what he said. He started by praising John McCain and then ended by bemoaning uh, essentially, how could the political parties produce uh, such terrible nominees? Um, it is because of John McCain, to a large extent, because of campaign finance reform that got money out of the political parties, not out of politics, just out of the political parties and rendered them so impotent that they could not tell candidates with massive problems like Donald Trump or like Hillary Clinton or like Bernie Sanders, who was never a Democrat in the first place and should have never been allowed anywhere near that party's primary. They couldn't tell them to go away. So there's just a bit of a, a funny irony to me in uh, praising McCain and um, ignoring the role that he played in taking a lot of power away from the political parties and creating a lot of the problems we're dealing with today. Okay. Let's go to John in McHenry County, Illinois. Go ahead, John. You're on the air. Hey, good evening. Um, I wanted uh, something Mr. Levin said earlier in the first segment where he thinks that uh, the indictment is going to take um, Donald Trump back to the White House. I respectfully disagree. I believe it will take, it could very well take Donald Trump to the nomination without even Trump having to be on a debate stage with any of the, of the uh, challengers to him. I just think, though, with the hubris that was displayed and the whataboutism that his key supporters are doing, it's like this is tailor-made for President Biden to win a second term. And we all know, you know, even today, what's his name, uh, Soros' son, who's succeeding his empire, 
he came out and endorsed Pre- uh, President Trump's um, renomination today. So George Soros' son is on record, and I just was looking at, you know, if these polls were to be believed, and I don't believe them with a lot of, of, of confidence, but if Trump really believes these polls, he could very well sit out the primary, just be on the ballot, and he could very well win because of all the early primaries, and most of them are winner-take-all, even if you don't get a majority. So I just want to think, you know, when the other indictments come down, and I do believe the Georgia one is the very dangerous one, and we also have to remember, Mark Meadows has been given immunity for something. Is it about this indictment or is it about something else? And I'll just listen to all of y'all, and uh, thank you for hearing my call. Okay, Rick? You know, the only thing I'd say is uh, if Trump gets the Republican nomination, we know at that point anything can happen. And if you just suggested that you think Biden could then win, I think the age will become such a big factor. And though people don't vote for vice president, I think uh, the thought that Kamala Harris will become president will not sit well with enough people that, ironically, Trump would win because he'd be facing an older Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And and Biden's not getting rid of Kamala Harris. So uh, if, based on what you just said, that you kind of paraphrased what I said, that Trump was going to win the election. It's only because if he really got the Republican nomination, I think he'd be in a, you wouldn't, you'd be, it'd be very risky betting against him. Laurel, what do you I, think? I, of, I could not disagree. Okay, go ahead, Eric. I, I cannot disagree more with that. People in two, uh, 2020 knew how old Joe Biden was, knew that if something happened to him, Kamala Harris would become the uh, vi- the president of the United States. This is all baked into the cake at this point. That was known then, and Donald Trump lost. So what you have to convince me is, how does Donald Trump, with what happened on January 6th, with the impeachment that happened after that, with the way that he has been behaving in his uh, post-presidency, and now with these indictments, that he's going to pick up votes from 2020. And I just do not see how that math works. I can see how Donald Trump all right, runs as an independent candidate and takes votes away from the Republican slated, right? All right, if, if he doesn't get the nomination. Aren't there, aren't there sour grape rules? I don't think that he'd be able to that? do that. There's so, sore loser again. laws in a lot of states. Yeah, I don't think he'd be Aren't able to Aren't they all do pledging that. to support the party's nominee if they win? Well, that's the that's the question. Is Will Donald Trump, Except for Trump. say that's that right. he will do it? And, and again, it'll be interesting to see if he if he refuses to say that, allegedly, they're not going to let him on the, on the debate stage. I can't see the RNC doing that, but we'll see. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. More calls when we come back. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. The kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. 
One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway. Carol Bellows is our Democrat this evening, and during the break, uh, I'm sorry, Laurel Bellows said during the break that... Um, you think that Joe Biden might not be the nominee? Elaborate. Yes, I think I think right now that Joe, <laughs> that President Biden looks like he's going to be the nominee. He's but there are too many questions about health, and there are lots of questions about the economy and recession and inflation and everything that's happening. If we go with the fact that Americans really feel strongly about their economy, then I'm going to say you've got people out there, all right, who Amy Klobuchar tremendous candidate initially and some other very strong senators who could very women or men who could come in right now and make a good case on that debate stage how do they get around uh, kamala harris and what's your what is your opinion of kamala harris as the vice president as the running mate as the future of the democratic party i've known kamala she's strong she's smart all right and she has the ability to run a country and she has the ability to run a state but the problem is she hasn't had any exposure. I assumed when President Biden took office, um, so strongly dependent on Kamala Harris's ability to lead in the, in, in, in the event that he was unable to lead, that he would be giving her a lot of opportunity to be out there and prove herself. And we've not seen that. We have not seen Kamala Harris out demonstrating how well she could lead. But he has given her the, the option uh, or gave her the appointment of dealing with the southern border now yes a long time ago and we haven't heard basically a peep from her i mean the perception of her 
maybe far worse than the reality, in, at least in your view. But I, you know, what well, what has she done with the time that she should have been able to grab if she didn't, uh, if it wasn't given to her by the president? Not enough. There's no two ways about it. I want to see her. Willie out Brown. There. Willie Brown was right. It was a bad, probably a bad choice for her politically. I don't know if it was a bad choice for her, but I don't think she did what she needed to do with it, and I don't know that she had the president's support for getting out and about and demonstrating what she could do. How do you get out from under that, then? I don't know that you do. <laughs> you solve the southern border problem. She can do that. Yeah, yeah. well, she could solve that, but but who's, what's going to... Easy. Is she going to... <laughs> right. Easy. Go ahead, Eric. Your, your assessment of uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, so most people don't think too much about the vice president, and uh, she is one of the most unpopular vice presidents that we have ever had. Um, I, with all due respect to Laurel, I do not see where one comes to this opinion of Kamala Harris. Yes, she was very good at putting people in prison because we should all remember that Kamala Harris is a cop. Um, she did so in cases uh, involving a lot of things that I don't think necessarily were warranting prosecution. I think she was a very aggressive prosecutor and then tried to pretend to people that she was uh, some kind of a criminal justice reformer when she didn't want to have that prosecutorial reputation because that's out of favor in the Democratic Party right now. Um, I think the biggest testament to how uh, just bad Kamala Harris is is she ran one of the worst presidential campaigns that I have ever observed. She was only successful at one thing, and that one thing was knifing Joe Biden. It didn't even cost him the nomination. So I just do not track on any of this. Kamala Harris would be some great president of the United States. I, I don't even know that she could uh, effectively be a dog catcher if she would win that election. Does so, Go ahead. Well, Laurel. I was just going to say, so Eric, if, if we were to agree... All right. Then what happens? Biden keeps her or, or that or that changes somewhere, you know, mid as we get closer. Oh, he, he keeps her. Oh, I, I, I think the difficulty of dumping her is far too much. But like where we started this conversation, we never really answered the question of um, if how is it going to be that Joe Biden is no longer than uh, going to be the nominee? He's the president of the United States. Right. He would have to choose for himself not to run. That's and right. I just don't see any indication whatsoever that that is even on his mind. Right. Right. And the, the vice presidency, as we all know, is the graveyard of American politics. But, but do you, so it doesn't give her much stature. But do you see I mean, at, at the moment, Robert Kennedy Jr. is, is polling at 20 percent. That's not bad for someone great. He has a name. But he hasn't campaigned much. And my question is, you look back, you know, you know, when, when, when Lyndon Johnson had to be forced to resign, Eugene McCarthy wasn't polling much more than that as well. So my question is, and this is, this is the sort of the big point I want to get back to, the man on the street. It seems to me that Robert Kennedy has and has the ability to speak to a lot of those Americans who feel left out, just as Donald Trump did, left out, disgruntled, not part of the system, and Donald Trump energized those people, and he became their vehicle. And I'm thinking that on some of the issues where Robert Kennedy is more conservative than liberal, I'm wondering whether there's a whole body of politic out there that could be really turned on to Robert Kennedy, and Robert Kennedy would become a serious candidate. For Laurel? nomination. I... I... I just don't see it in the long run as far as winning, all right? Winning. Winning the nomination? Right. Not likely? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, no way. Wait a minute. What, 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 what about the fact that he might have this, the appeal with, with what he's talking about? 
that maybe he's going to get some issues going that's going to make some people think, and maybe the people that are thinking are not going to vote for Joe Biden. And he, people... and he helps Joe Biden lose. I mean, the last Kennedy that challenged an incumbent knocked off the incumbent. Jimmy Carter. <laughs> and Ted, <laughs> right. Kennedy. Ted Kennedy. So right. all of that's possible, but I think that challenge has to come from um, a Hispanic, African-American, somebody who's going to get the trust of a, of a, of a, of a minority community. They're not, they're not going to have any money. No. What about, what about J.B. Pritzker? Mm. At the last minute. Yep, I like J.B. Pritzker or Newsom at the last minute. What do you think? I think that Newsom and Newsom's got a Newsom has a lot of baggage. JB, I mean, he makes a very solid presentation. I'm sure he's thinking about it. We have a we have a convention that's coming to town. Right. All right. So and and he's been quite a serious governor. Newsom he is, should solve our pension problem here in the in the Illinois. JB solves our pension problem. He'll be president. Bruce JB is a good one, and Newsom is counter programming tomorrow night on Fox against Christie. They're interviewing oh, news. Okay, very good. All right. We're going to pause right now. When we come back, uh, Laurel Bellows will be here. She's the former past president of the American Bar Association, Rick Levin, one of the country's leading real estate auctioneers. And we're going to talk about the real estate market and the problems there. And Eric Cohen joins us from the Acton Institute in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And in the next hour, if you've been listening to the show and screaming and yelling at the set because no one has said anything good about Donald Trump, you'll hear from a strong Donald Trump supporter Doug Ivendahl, when we continue from Beyond the Beltway. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. We all have the ability to touch the lives of those around us. To someone going through a difficult time, a text, a call, or a visit can mean so much. Reach out to the veterans in your life today. Let them know they're not alone. One simple act can make all the difference. That's the power of one. If you're a veteran in crisis or no one who is, visit VeteransCrisisLine.net for free 24-7 confidential support. It's a bully. 
but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. Bruce Mont back. We continue with our number two of Beyond the Beltway. And uh, in studio, we have uh, Laurel Bellows continues with us and Rick Levin. And also from Grand Rapids, Michigan, we have Eric Cohen. And also joining us uh, via the Zoom is Doug Ibendahl. A longtime listeners and fans of this show know that Doug Ibendahl is probably the country's, or certainly this Illinois' strongest supporter of Donald Trump. And uh uh, Donald uh, or Doug, you you heard uh, the discussion in hour number one. Uh, I want to get your reaction to the indictment of of Donald Trump and uh, uh, how badly, if at all, will it hurt him politically? Bruce, first of all, thank you so much for having me back and uh, for the kind words. Um, yes, I did listen to the first uh, hour of the show. Like I gotta say, I wasn't, initially I wasn't sure I had the right show. I thought. First, I thought I was listening to a, a documentary of old Soviets uh, talking about the glory days of Stalinism and show trials. Uh, as someone who actually who actually practices law and is has uh, has uh, represented uh, defendants who have been criminally indicted, that's not the main thing I do, but I, I've done a number of criminal cases uh, quite successfully. Actually, this 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 indictment does not concern me at all. It's a joke. It is it is a an attack on democracy. It is election interference. I, I heard I heard the other panelists in the first hour. You know they just just ignoring. Oh well, you know they're, Trump people are going to talk about how you know other people have done the same thing and you know they haven't uh, been charged. Excuse me, but that's a pretty big deal. You know we have this thing called the United States Constitution and equal protection under the law. And it, it is it is a huge deal. Donald Trump gets uh, gets indicted. Meanwhile, you got you got you know Joe Biden, who's got classified documents in his garage that were accessible by his his crack addict son. Are you kidding me? And whoever said Doug Doug hour, let me Doug let me Doug let me ask you a question though. The things that you're saying right now are any of them relevant in a court of law? We've talked about the court of public opinion, and of course, everything is fair in the court of public opinion. But again, all the yes, things absolutely. that you've talked yeah. about, when, when, when you're into a, when you're in a courtroom and the judge is have, have, asking you to focus on on the charges and defending the charges, how can a lawyer bring up all these uh, what I would view as extraneous matters? They're not re they're not well, relevant to this is. case. 
to not the United States. With all due respect, Bruce, I would say the United States Constitution is, and the Fourteenth Amendment and equal protection of the law are 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 pretty relevant to this case. Um, and there's all kinds of other things, you know, that are that are just reprehensible about this case about piercing the attorney-client privilege. I mean, it's it's it, it, it's absurd. But the good news for for Donald Trump is this case is in is in Florida. Um, obviously, the, the prosecutor would have preferred something else, but um, it, it's in Florida, so you know. But this case is not going to get to the jury. There, there are issues here that that are, that are going to uh, uh, kick this this rotten case, this corrupt case, this rotten indictment out of out of court long before it gets to a jury. Hang on just a second. Court. I want to get Laurel's response. Do you agree with Doug that this this may never go to trial? No, I don't. Okay. It's going to go to trial. Okay. All right. Now, whether or not um, Trump is found guilty or not, that's the jury's point of view. All right. That's why our government is our Constitution is so relevant. And no, I disagree with the fact that what others did or didn't do were or were not prosecuted for and, is not going to be relevant to whether or not. Trump, or the ex-president and Laurel, Trump. And Laurel, to you. And, and why was this indictment, uh, why did this happen in Florida, not Washington? Is that correct as you view the, the matter? This is where, where Mar-a-Lago is. That's where, I mean, that's it's, okay. The venue is fair. I mean, what does that have to do with anything? And let, let's bring up the judge, in all accounts, there. she's a, a great judge, was appointed by Donald Trump. Trump. I'm not suggesting that that would be inappropriate, but she has had some rulings in favor of him in the past. Um, I, I disagree, though, Laurel. I think uh, the delay tactics here will put this trial, if a trial was to happen, right in the smack dab of a presidential election. And I agree that election tampering is a, a serious issue. And whether you like it or not, that's the way the man on the street, Bruce, will see an election. And the soundbite is... So Donald Trump took some documents and didn't handle them well to Mar-a-Lago. We should put him in jail or should I vote for him for president? And I think it's going to help him if that's what people are faced with. They're not going to like the U.S. government going after him uh, on the eve of an election. But Rick, the question was whether or not, right, as a matter of evidence in court, right, whether or not Bill, whether or not Biden was charged or Hillary was charged not or indicted. Not relevant. And it's not relevant. Of course not. Right, okay, so let's go back. To, I, want to, I, want to go, I want to go back to Doug. Go ahead, Doug. Who else here? Is anyone else on this panel actually actually uh, been a lawyer on a criminal case, either as a prosecutor or defense counsel? Anyone else besides me? Laurel. Yes. Yeah, Laurel was the president of a big association you might have heard of. Yeah, president of the American Bar Association. <laughs> yeah, that's a good no, that one. Wasn't my question. I was asking what, what club she belongs to. I was asking, is anyone else? I don't belong to a club. I, I belong <laughs> to an association of 400,000 lawyers around the world. All right, so that's you, not a club. Have you been in a courtroom as the lawyer? Ms. Bell, my question was, have you been in a courtroom as a lawyer, in a criminal, as a prosecutor? In a I'm not a prosecutor. You're right. I have never been a prosecutor. Have you, have you, have you, how about as, a, as a criminal defense? I have defended criminal yes no. matters. In, I've said it twice, yes. I have defended criminal matters in a court of law, yes. But your question... Well, you should, well, you should know better. There's a, there's a very important point here that everyone is missing. The, the, the lion's share of the, of the counts in this, in this indictment are under the Espionage Act. Let, let, let's... No, no one has mentioned, and, and certainly this indictment doesn't doesn't mention, 
the, the espionage act is, is, is really been used it's, it goes back to it was um it was uh it was signed by that horribly racist democrat president Woodrow wilson basically to shut people up about complaining about the first world war it, it was basically to squelch um opposition to uh, world war one it, it has really been used but um and, and, and but more, more important than that is that the um no one has mentioned, and then, again, the indictment does it, the, uh, the Presidential Records Act. The Presidential Records Act specifically gives a president of the United States the, 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 the authority, the access to documents both classified and unclassified once he leaves office. That is, that is something that Biden, Pence, um, Hillary Clinton can't even say. The okay. president has, under the law, has... has it really does get special treatment. He is in a right. class by himself. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it there, Doug. Uh, Eric, Eric Cohen wants to get into the conversation. Eric, go to you. I mean, yes, you can access classified documents with your security clearance as a president once you're out of office, but not in your bathroom at your private residence when you have taken them and you've been asked to return them and you have not done so. So, again, I encourage people to actually go and Doug, shut up for a moment so I can actually finish what I'm saying. I didn't interrupt you and I'm going to actually going to finish this. People can go read the indictment for themselves. They can read the transcripts of conversations that are in there and they can judge for themselves. We've got to to pause, everybody. We've got to pause. We'll be back one more segment on this topic, and then we're changing subjects. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. (laughs) Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. If you talk to me, we'll hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, They need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back, and we continue. And uh, Doug, uh, this is our last segment with you, so I want you to, to uh, make your point. Uh, we know that you're upset about this, but take us through the elective process because there's going to be primaries, there's going to be caucuses, uh, and and who knows? It's it's been suggested that you know a year from now Donald Trump could be in the middle of, of the Iowa caucus, and uh, there would also be uh, you know he would be on trial. So my question to you is if he is if he is convicted convicted of any of these crimes. Do you think he should step down? Conviction? No. 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 Because it's, it's, it's such a. I think that's such a uh, un, unreasonable hypothetical because he's, he's never going to be convicted. This is not going to get to a jury. But look, you, you folks are talking about the. Um, I, I've seen the polls since the, this uh, sham indictment came down. Every poll I've seen, Donald Trump has gone up from five to eight points. <laughs> I mean, am, am I the only one who has the respect for the no. show to come on prepared? Donald Trump is more popular. We know that. Right? There are out there. But you're there not, but Doug, you're not, you're, 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 you're not even addressing, Doug, let me just, and you've been on the program a long time. You're not even addressing the possibility that something could happen. So let me ask you the next question. If he is indicted and he is convicted and he is elected, does he serve as president of the United States? Or does he go to prison? Yes. What happens? What's, those, what's, those, that, those what's are, that rule? Those are those are questions we don't know right now because it's oh. never. No one has ever. No one in the United States of America has tried something like this. This, I mean, this 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 would this would make uh, Vladimir Putin blush, uh, bringing this kind of an indictment against okay. a political enemy. All right. Hang on just a second. Hang on one second. Hang on one second. One second, Doug. 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 One second. Laurel, what what is your answer to the question? Putin, Putin just what, uses what poison, ha- right? That's all. What happens? Literally, what happens? What happens if Donald Trump is convicted and the American people vote for him and he is elected? I don't think he can. I don't know that anybody has an answer to that. So let's start. But I believe that you can't be a felon and be president of the United States. Eric, Eric, let me let me let me get Eric's response. Eric, what do you do? Do you know, or do you think, or do you surmise the answer to my question? No one knows. Bruce, no, no one I don't knows. know. It's, uh, I'm asking Eric, and then we'll go to you. 
We certainly never had a situation like this before, but as Laurel said, I don't believe that a convicted felon can serve as the president of the United States. That would seem to be the answer, but I won't claim to know that for certain. Okay, Doug, so we don't know. We're, we agree with you. We don't, really, we don't really know. Bruce, I don't see that in the Constitution, that a convicted felon can't serve as president. And more importantly, uh, then it leads to the next situation of he would then pardon himself, and then it would go to the Supreme Court to determine if a president could pardon himself. And I guess a lot of the papers uh, that still exist, the Founding Fathers always conceived that a president could not pardon themselves. But we'll see with this court where he's appointed three of the justices, not that they would uh, obviously automatically uh, go with him, but it would be a real constitutional crisis if he pardoned himself. I you know, Doug, I'm just curious, and I know it's for Bruce to ask the questions here. You so can. He, so he can, thank you. I, With all the conversation we had before, forgetting whether you think that this is a fair indictment, whether he should have been indicted, the question is, are you questioning whether or not Donald Trump refused to return the documents? And are you questioning whether or not Donald yes. Trump, in fact, yes. possessed them? The, the, the FBI, the FBI and, the, and the National Archives went to Mar-a-Lago two or three times and, and met with them. And, and, and Donald Trump gave them a tour. And, um, and, and at, at one point they said, well, put a, put a better, uh, uh, Donald Trump said, take whatever you want. They said, oh, no, no, it's fine. Just put another lock on, on, the, on the storage room. It, it, it is outrageous. Look, it, Bruce, you were talking about the electoral, you know, what, what's the electorate going to think about this? No, I'm not. There are polls out there. I'm not. I'm not, Doug. I'm asking you a very simple question. Did he possess these documents at Mar-a-Lago? Doug, the question was asked. He has a right to have documents at Mar-a-Lago. He has a right to have documents at Mar-a-Lago, as opposed to... Uh, as opposed to Biden, which he was vice president and so senator. So that if he has so the documents at Mar-a-Lago, the jury gets to decide whether or not that was an illegal violation. You know, I've only heard. I heard you the first hour. You know, you know, uh, you know, spewing gibberish. Oh, you know, you well, okay, well, okay, Doug. Okay, Doug. You know, we're giving. We're giving. We're, 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 we're giving. Doug, 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 Doug. My question. My question to you, and Doug. Let me. Let me ask you this. The reason you're on. Well, just a minute. The reason you're on is because I have always tried to be fair to Trump supporters. I'm giving you an opportunity as a Trump supporter to talk about what you think is going to be the result of what happened this past week and what might happen in the next few weeks. You are going to say no, no, matter, no matter what, if there are three more indictments that come down, I don't expect you to change your position because you're locked into Donald Trump and you believe he should be the next president of the United States. The only question is, is are we going to get, are we going to get uh, a majority of the people who vote uh, next year to agree that they agree with you that he deserves another chance. Bruce, I have not... Bruce, there are certain polls out there that show the vast majority of this country believes, and rightly so, I might add, that the Department, the Department of Justice is corrupt and needs cleaning up. Donald Trump is uniquely positioned, is, is probably the only one that can get it done. Okay. Let me ask you one, one second. One, one second. I want to go to. I want to go to Rick. Uh, just a minute. I want to go to Eric Cohn. I want him to respond. Do you believe 
that uh, a majority of the Americans think that the Justice Department in the United States is corrupt. Majority. Eric? I have seen no poll that uh, tells me that a majority of Americans believe that the Department yeah, of Justice is corrupt, but I'm happy to take a look at one. Right. Bruce, one thing that I, I have not seen... Rickle I'm sure it exists yep. in your mind. One, one thing that I have not seen talked about uh, specifically or anybody connecting the dots here is that several months ago, Trump suggested that, and this is true, the president can take a classified document and make it declassified just by declaring it declassified. And he said at one point he said he could do it with just his mind. And I'm not sure the procedure, maybe someone uh, on the panel tonight can tell us, that if he declared these documents declassified in his mind, like he said, is the power of the president. He said that several months ago. Yeah, yep. That, that hit, one of his arguments might be that these are no longer classified documents. Uh, I'll just uh, give you here from the indictment, from the transcript here. Trump, this was uh, this document he's talking about. This was done by the military and given to me. Uh, I think we can probably, right? Staffer, I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to. Trump, declassify it. Staffer, figure out a, yeah. Trump, see as president, I could have declassified it. Staffer, yeah, laughter. Trump, now I can't, you know, but this is still a secret. Staffer, yeah, laughter. Now we have a problem. Trump, isn't that interesting? No, but maybe he forgot that he declassified it with his mind. Doug. This is what happens. You're really wasting our time with people who don't know anything about, you know, criminal indictments. There, there is no allegation. They would have made it. It would be in. It would be in the indictment if this reporter had actually seen anything, you know, anything classified or secret or harmful to national security. In fact, he did a he did an interview with the Washington Post and said, "I really didn't need anything." This could be as simple as Donald Trump pointing to a, a stack of, of, of documents and saying it's in there. He was, General Milley had come out and, and accused Trump of ordering a, an attack on Iran, and, and Donald Trump was, was simply uh, debunking that. It, it's really no different than you know, a president who points out the guy who's carrying the nuclear football. Those details would be in the indictment. If that indictment is, is, is horrible. It screams what's not in there. All right. We've got, we've got a couple of minutes left. I want to, I want to start with, uh, with Laurel, and we're going to get everybody's response. In the next six months, what are we likely to see in either this case or any of the sub subsequent cases uh, or any of the future cases that may be out there? We're going to see that Donald Trump's defense to the indictment. We're going, you know, we're going to be able to you know, hear and see what documents are proof that he did not violate the classification responsibility that he had. We're going to see another indictment, we expect, coming out of Georgia, perhaps some other indictment that you know, has not been completed yet on whatever tax violations there might be, and because there was quite a bit of um, interest in that. But we're going to see a whole bunch of other, we're going to see a whole bunch of other candidates come in and fight and probably begin not to take, not to take Donald Trump's side on everything, all right, because selfishly they need to put forward their own candidacy. Eric, 10 seconds, give us your answer. What are we going to see? Uh, we're certainly going to see the indictment come out of Georgia. I think that's going to be an interesting one since we already know as much about it as we do of his attempt to interfere in the course of an election, asking Brad Raffensperger to find him X number of votes. So I, th I think that's the next one to look for. That's what's next coming down the pipe. Rick Levin, what are we going to see? 
We're going to see 30% of uh, the Republican voters uh, strongly behind him. They're going to think uh, the government, the man, is going after him. And then he's got to win over 10 or 15% more, and he's right in the thick, sick of, thick of things. Ten seconds to you, Doug. What are we going to see in the next six months? We're going to see America rallying rally defensively of, of, a, of, a, of a good man who's been persecuted by, by Stalin tactics. Anyone can see it. You've got people aren't here who are just, just bitter because they wasted three years of their lives on the Russian collusion homes. Let's face it. Bitter, hateful people. I feel sorry for you. Get some help. Well, Put I don't that description th- under Doug's photo there. I don't think anybody's hateful. Uh, Matt Moyne, we're going to pause, and when we come back, we're changing the subject. We're going to say farewell to Doug. Thank you very much, Doug. We're going to say farewell to Eric for joining us tonight. We will continue with Laurel Bellows in studio and Rick Levin, and we're going to change subject. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, a kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, I'll tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay? 
isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont. As I was saying, Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, again, a special announcement about next week. We've been talking about lots of things. And again, I want you to all listen carefully. Next week, we have the country's leading authority on the assassination of John Fitzgerald Kennedy on. And we're going to do two hours all on the Kennedy assassination. And if you know nothing about it, but you've heard about it for 20, 30 years, tomorrow or next Sunday, you're going to have a little primer on how it all began, how the whole conspiracy began, where it is, where it's been, and where it's going especially with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. now in the race for president. So next week, again, we're going to be open for two hours with telephone calls. And again, Jefferson Morley will be our guest. He runs an organization called JFK Facts. And we're going to deal with facts surrounding the Kennedy assassination. And again, it was almost 60 years ago. But again, in this country, uh, sometimes it takes a long time to get to the truth. We're going to try to get closer to the truth next Sunday night on the assassination of John F. Kennedy because many of the issues that were brought up then are basically recurring now, especially as it relates to the involvement of the FBI, the CIA, and their conduct following that assassination. So again, minds will be clear next week. You'll have an opportunity to really lay it out there uh, from chapter to verse. Um, I want to get into... Uh, Rick, one of the things we mentioned to you when, when you've been on this program in the past, we have talked about the commercial real estate industry and, and, and how good or bad it has been. So it's been about a year and a half since you've been on the program. Uh, how would you assess the, the health of the commercial real estate uh, industry in the United States and uh, how good or bad is it? Well, there's different segments, of course. Uh, the warehouse space is thriving. It's great. And I guess one of the analogies could be uh, Amazon, uh, shipping, storing, moving product around. So warehouse is a very hot sector right now. The other extreme, of course, might be office. Uh, people, since the pandemic, have realized many of them can work from home and many of them want to work from home and are willing to give up their job almost to stay home. Uh, obviously, municipalities and counties around the country need property taxes, more and more demand on taxes, so you're going to see expenses going up for those commercial building owners. And then, of course, uh, aside from the vacancy rate and the expenses of taxes, you've got a lot of the tenants in these buildings needing less space because of either remote work or shared desks or other variables that um, are going to be putting more pressure, downward pressure, on the value of these properties. And then we have interest rates that have almost doubled and a lot of, I think it's about $1.5 trillion of commercial mortgages coming due in the next 12 months. And when those mortgages come due, it's a perfect storm. You've got uh, less tenants, tenants that don't want to pay the same amount of rent because there's a greater supply in many downtown areas because of crime issues and other reasons. And we can go on and on about some of those implications. So they're going to try to refinance their mortgages and the values of the properties are down and the interest rates have doubled. So we are in for a world of hurt when it comes to the office sector right now. And then the last is retail, which um, has actually been holding up somewhat well in, for certain types of retail properties, even in the age of, of online shopping. 
Is, is there such, such a thing as a vibrant mall anymore? Yeah, I think there is. And I think a lot of what the malls are trying to do is uh, come up with compelling reasons why people still want to go to the mall. And there's activities in the mall. And the uh, since the pandemic has waned a bit, the shared experience of seeing a movie, for example, in a mall, activities that you can go with your children to the mall. So there are more and more, especially the super large regional malls, um, of course, some of the retailers like Bed Bath and Beyond and others are having uh, trouble in some of the smaller malls. Now, Laurel, one of the your area of expertise within the law is you deal with compensation, executive compensation issues. So, my question to you is: In the wake of uh, COVID nineteen, how has your, the sector that you deal with, which is mergers, acquisitions? Uh, executive salaries and compensation. How has that changed in the last five years? Well, the first thing is even even significant um, senior level executives have been working remotely. So <laughs> there's the their issue is where does a corporation actually exist? Does that corporation exist where the chief financial officer or the chief executive officer live, all right, or work, or does mm-hmm. it exist where the uh, where the office of the of the company is so even in the simplest of language every single um, new offer of employment contract employment agreement has a note in it that says we're going to be you're going to be working remotely or we're going to move you if we need to move or you're not going to have a reason to leave our company and get separation benefits if you if you're working if you if you all of a sudden have to come back to the office but what's happening is that compensation is tied to performance more than everything, and it should be. I think that for many years, uh, senior level executives were vesting options and vesting stock when they were terminated or chose to leave and had not performed. They were leaving because the board said, go, you're not doing a good job, good enough job for the shareholders. They would go, but their employment contract called for the vesting of equity. Now you're going to find in almost every situation where there's a senior executive they are tied to some kind of corporate as well as individual performance. And that's what's being negotiated. And if someone reads in the paper that some senior executive is making, you know, 17, 18, 19 million dollars a year, um, the average person can't even comprehend why anyone would be worth that much money unless maybe they can, you know, throw a curveball. I mean... Right. And that's why um, one of the major changes is say on pay. Shareholders are beginning to have a say at corporate board meetings as to whether or not the pay, accept or reject the pay that's being given to the senior officers. But there's also another side to that. This is the person or the group, the senior level, the top five named executive officers in a company. These are the people who run this company. They don't take vacations, right? They're, they are there within, everybody is ready to speak to them within 10 minutes of a phone call. They are 24-7 for the most difficult issues. I mean, COVID, uh, COVID was um, one of the best examples of having to save companies in the face of a totally unexpected event. So now you have to say attraction and retention of the very, very best minds, corporate minds. Rick, back to a real estate question. With all of the the vacant properties that are out there, and I'm thinking primarily of shopping malls, uh, are they involved at all in trying to deal with some of these 
municipalities and states that have to find, and even the federal government, find places for uh, illegal uh, immigrants and, and places for them to stay? Well, that's going to be very controversial because a lot of the, the malls are in the center of a given town. Right. But, but what is happening already is the owners are trying to reconfigure these malls, and you're seeing uh, uh, residential properties pop up in the parking lots. Of course, in the age of Uber and Lyft, even less people are driving. There may even be autonomous cars coming down the pike, which might uh, be a reason why we don't even need as large a parking lot. So the reconfiguration of these malls, the reuse of these malls will probably create more residential uh, integrated into the mall. But that's going to be several years down the road here. So as far as taking a bunch of uh, uh, immigrants and sticking them on cots in the vacant Sears store, you're not seeing a lot of that happen yet. And I don't know that we're yes. going to see that. Yeah, yet. Because a lot because of the big... The plumbing, the, the plumbing is always there in a mall, right? Well, the plumbing I mean, is the, there. The, the sure. plumbing is there. I mean, not necessarily sure. the showers are there, but the plumbing is well, there. Well, in, in Los Angeles, for example, um, Karen Bass has encouraged uh, or tried to get all the 30,000 homeless people that are living on the streets in Los Angeles to move into hotels, and the city would pay for those hotels. But a lot of those people don't want to... They want to stay in the tent, and they want to stay on the sidewalk living there. They don't want to move into a hotel. They don't even want the government's help mm -hmm. bringing them into a hotel. So, uh, you know, we, we're seeing here in Chicago, of course, some are being uh, put to uh, one college campus or another college campus as a temporary solution. But these aren't permanent solutions. Is there a, a temporary, a long-term solution to this, uh, Laurel? Yes, of course, there's going to be a long-term solution. But somebody has to, one, think in terms of prevention as opposed to resolution of something after the fact. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the other is we're going to have to put some money in it. So now the question is where does that money come from? We already in Illinois have a pension problem that's unresolvable. So we have real estate taxes increased. We have violence in our city that needs to be dealt with. People are saying they don't want to live in Chicago, although thank goodness um, Chicago is not having a problem getting but, a but prevention, Laurel. I mean, we're the greatest country in the world. Right. There's uh, tyranny all around the world. Governor Abbott, when they cross the border, or Governor DeSantis will ship them off on a plane to California or to Chicago or New York. And we're going to have to deal with these issues right now because that's the kind of people we are, or at least a big majority of the people, the Democratic-controlled cities. That, they, is, they don't want to, you know, they want to be helpful to these is the, is is that is that practice uh, of Governor Abbott and to a lesser extent, Governor DeSantis, is that a good use of uh, their efforts? I don't think so. Of course, I think what it is, it's sticking to it to the large Democratic-controlled cities in the United States who aren't on the border and are saying to them, here, why don't you deal with 10,000 immigrants and see What's, how well you do? What is wrong with that? If there is a mayor, if there is a governor that says we are a sanctuary city, we are a sanctuary state, we are better than everybody else, we want to help people, what is wrong with people being sent to those cities because then the mayor or the governor has got to put up or shut up? Well, what's and being, don't tell me you're going to take care of everybody if all of a sudden... 15 show up at your doorstep and suddenly you're you're crying for federal help. Well, but when, when 2,000 show up at your doorstep or 500 show up at your doorstep with no notice at all to find them temporary housing, well, the issue, that's a terrible the there should be The issue that I find is if really there's no notice, I don't like that idea. Right. But the fact is sending 2,000 people to a city that is that is bragging, like Chicago has bragged. Rahm Emanuel said he wanted to make Chicago the most welcoming city for immigrants in, in the world. We need, we need leadership from a higher level from the national level you can't have these states playing games with each other all right and that means that brings it back to uh, 
President Biden. When we come back, we're going to talk about another subject, one near and dear to Carol of Laurel's heart. We'll do that when we come back. I'm Bruce Dumont. Or we can talk about now. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. What if the music stopped? If the familiar voices were silenced? If there were no breaking news updates? What if your companion and connection to your community came with a monthly fee? Don't worry. We're free local radio with you wherever you go. Celebrating 100 years and looking forward to the next 100. We are broadcasters. Text radio to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on your local TV and radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why as a young person they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy. Or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway, and uh, Laurel Bellows is here. She's the past president of the American Bar Association, and uh, one of your uh, you know pet areas, and you've been with it for, for quite some time, is the issue of uh, trafficking, human trafficking. Now, we, we hear about that and we read about that as it relates to some the illegal immigration issue, but you think it's, it's bigger than that and it's been around a lot longer than uh, 10 or 15 years. Well, we're talking about modern-day slavery. 
All right, and we're not, and we're talking about immigration by force rather than by consent. We're not discussing those who pay or come across the border illegally, but by consent, by you know their own will. All right, or pay to come across a border, any border illegally. We're not talking about that. We are talking about little children or people here in the United States and globally. So when we've been talking about sex trafficking up until about 10 years ago now, everybody thought that that was abuse of children sexually in another country, in Thailand, in, in China, in, and forced labor, people who were forced to work without pay and couldn't leave the premises the, in the mines in, in lithium mines, in um, granite mines. We were talking about Egyptian cotton in Egypt, who's producing them. And we were very much talking about chocolate out of Ghana or any other country who has corruption and poverty as a combination. All right. So all of a sudden it became necessary for us to, t- to ask this question in the United States of America, do we have modern-day slavery? And that question was asked by a number, of, a number of entities beginning in about 2010 here. And the American Bar Association, which I was leading at the time, decided to take that question on. In the United States of America, do we have children who are sexually trafficked for profit? Do we have workers who are enslaved and, and working tomato farms in California or Florida and not being paid for it? And the answer is absolutely yes. Did we then and do we now? It's a multi-billion dollar business. Multi-billion dollar business. Who investigates? If How you're are talking, they tracked down? Yeah. If you're talking about sex, sex trafficking, you're talking about Tom Dart, who's, for instance, in, in Chicago, done a fabulous job of starting to try and put resources behind. Sheriff of Cook County for the those sheriff, around the country. Yes, the Sheriff of Cook County. And the state's attorney, when Anita Alvarez was state's attorney, was one of her primary objectives. The question is, can we make it clear that prostitution is, the prostitutes today are, are not prostitutes by choice for the most part today. They have somebody for whom that they work, all right? And, the, and when you're talking about children who are runaways, a child who runs away from a family because she's being raped by her mother's boyfriend or a father, she runs away. Within 48 hours, she's picked up by a sex trafficker. And that sex trafficker is as kind and gentle and loving and understanding initially to feed her, to... Um, care for her to buy her. How do clothes. they know who they are? How, where do they find them? At the bus station. At any transportation, walking around the streets, homeless. Sometimes they go to foster homes who are not caring. You know, if a foster home is not caring for their children, they go there and they tell them that there's another way of of escaping that foster home or earning money. And these and the children do not know what's happening. Yes, they are kept without without being able to call anybody. They're told if they're called the police, the police are corrupt, and they're going to just how take organized them out. is the effort? The effort ranges from a single person as a pimp to a franchised operation and the gangs, as well as the business people in this job. I shouldn't say business; the perpetrators understand that this is a highly lucrative involvement. Prostitution used to be associated with organized crime. I don't know whether anybody really knows what organized crime is anymore, but 
is organized crime involved in this in any way? Organized crime is involved in it. The gangs are frequently franchised in organized crime. What we're talking about is taking a young person and forcing her to have intercourse 10 to 20 times a day for the duration of that young person, boy or girl's life, whose life expectancy is now seven years after that. Seven years. Yes. So you can sell a drug, you can sell a gun, and it's a one-time operation. It's a sale, okay? You can sell that person 20 times a day if they're in, in slavery, 20 times a day for as long as they live after that. Rick Levin. Well, this is, you know, obviously what you're describing is horrific, and obviously more resources and money uh, needs to be looked at it. Smart people have to get together and immediately tackle this, and it's been going on, obviously, for hundreds of years, I'm sure. This is nothing new, but I have a thought that is uh, somewhat uh, radical, but I don't think it's so crazy anymore. There's several counties in Nevada that have legalized prostitution, and I think, though I'm not uh, I wouldn't normally be in favor of such a thing. When you look at um, sins, and we have gambling now all over the country, we now have legalized cannabis all over the country, uh, we've, uh, we tax extremely th- those industries, I think a, a greater look has to be given to uh, legalizing, taking it out of the, the alleys, prostitution. It's a sin, uh, and the, any kind of monies that government can make from that industry and protect adult, consenting adults in that industry should be spent going after, because that's what we're talking about, the resources and the money to go after child situations like you're describing, Laurel, which are horrific and obviously are unacceptable. Laurel, you're really actually got about a minute left. Yes. So the first thing is there are two countries in um, Europe right now, the Netherlands and Germany, that have legalized prostitution. What they have found is that legalized prostitution increases rather than decreases right, the, the, the illegal sex trafficking because there is a legal front for what's being done and the, and the money-making operation, not the legal prostitution, but the money-making operation, bringing in people from Moldova or any place, advertising for them, all right, that money making that money making is increased rather than decreased. Is Congress on this? Yes. Are they on top of this? Yes, on top of it, very very difficult, very difficult to solve because okay. this is underground operation. We've, but Congress and the executive committee, this is a bipartisan issue. Okay. On that moment, we are out of time. Right. Uh, Laurel Bellows, past president of the American Bar Association, joins us tonight. Uh, her first visit. Nice to have you with us. You did a nice job on your maiden voyage. Rick Levin, always good to see you. Also, our thanks to Eric Cohn for joining us in the first hour. And, of course, Doug Ibendahl. Our thanks also to Fritz Goldman. He helped make this program possible. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top-10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? 
Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? There's really not even that much nicotine in them, right? One vape pot has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid kid knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey. Want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.